We're on the journey with Bernie, and we're here to let you know that we're in it to win it, and to the White House he will go. We will always remember how he helps the ones in need, and he looks out for the little guy against that corporate greed. Oh, we're in a journey with Bernie. And we're here to let you know We're in it to win it And to the White House he will go We will all That was an unidentified 92-year-old songwriter singing Bernie Sanders' support song, which you can find on YouTube at Long Trail Turtle. Later at the end of the program... We'll hear a song called We're Backing Bernie Sanders by Burning Man, B-E-R-N-I-N-G-M-A-N, which you can also check out on YouTube. And uh, that's kind of appropriate as the Burning Man Festival, B-U-R-N, is uh, starting out there in California this week. But greetings and welcome back to Bernie 2016. This is an independent podcast established to follow and comment on Bernie Sanders' candidacy for President of the United States. This podcast is completely independent of any candidate, party, or PAC. You can find out more about Bernie 2016 at Bernie-2016.com. You can send me a message at BernieUS2016 at gmail.com or follow on Twitter at BernieUS2016. If you use Flipboard, you can follow my Flipboard magazine called Bernie for President, where I save a lot of articles that I read here and a lot that I don't. Or you can check out the link to that magazine on Bernie-2016.com. Thanks for listening. First story is from TalkingPointsMemo.com, and this story is written by Caitlin Cruz. A poll released Tuesday was the second in recent weeks to show Senator Bernie Sanders leading former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton in the Democratic primary in New Hampshire. The Democratic-leaning public polling policy, no, yeah, I think they uh, actually have the name here, miswritten. It says public polling polling, and I'm pretty sure one of those words is policy. Um, anyway, uh, the PPP found Sanders receiving 42% support among Democrats in New Hampshire, while Clinton received 35%. None of the other four declared Democratic candidates reached double digits. It was a second poll of New Hampshire to show Sanders with momentum. An August 12th poll from Franklin Pierce University in Boston Herald also showed Sanders leading Clinton by seven points. In the latest survey, Sanders was viewed by 78% of voters as favorable and only 12% unfavorable. This next story... um, is about a major event that supporters of Sanders are working on uh, or inspiring and uh, triggering, but not necessarily will be managing. And this story is important because it's not something that was started by the Sanders campaign. And at this point, you know, the Sanders campaign is four months old. It has gained a whole lot of momentum, and in some ways it's gained more momentum than they can handle as far as organization goes. They are at this point behind where they ideally should be right now in organizing, in you know getting the supporters out there, the people who who pledge support and want to help and want to support the campaign, um, actually getting them organized well, getting them out um, performing activities for the campaign. I saw a tweet by someone 
uh, last week and it said, you know, I, I signed up to help the, the Sanders campaign and they haven't reached out to me about doing anything yet. You know, I got, I, they reached out to me once for a donation and once for something else. I can't remember what the other thing was that she said she had, um, feedback from the campaign, but as of yet, the campaign hadn't given her any task to do, any any group to work with, any specific thing to work on. And I think what's really important at this stage of Bernie's campaign, and to be honest, throughout all of Bernie's campaign, we have to take things into our own hands, and that can absolutely be messy. And there will be things that the campaign organizes and needs support for and we can participate in. But we should also shouldn't wait for that to happen. We need to, you know, take action on our own. This podcast is not connected to the campaign in any way. This is one of the ways that I can take action to get information out to you know, provide some news on the Sanders uh, candidacy and reach some people. And I don't know how many of you are listening. Maybe there's two, maybe there's 20, maybe there's 200. Uh, to be honest, I don't know. And, and at this point, it doesn't matter to me. If I reach two people, that's two more people that hear the message, hear more information about Bernie, and hopefully will be more inclined to support Bernie. So, if you want to support Bernie, go onto his website, sign up, but also look at what's happening in your area. There are hundreds of local groups that aren't being directed by the campaign, but that are getting together and they're doing leafleting and they're making posters and they're going to farmers markets and they're reaching out to the public. It's not an organized outreach from the campaign itself, but if we, if the campaign tried to succeed only on its own organized outreach, and I would say this with any campaign, but in particular with Sanders' campaign, this is about the people, this is about us, this is about building that political revolution, this is about building a groundswell of support. We have to take action. It's, it's not about Bernie, and he said it again and again. Um, he will not succeed. Even if he, he gets elected, he will not succeed. His policies will not be pushed forward if not for all of us, you know, fighting for him now and fighting for these great ideas that he's put forth in his campaign after he gets elected, making sure we elect um, – members of Congress that will support these same things, making sure that we reach out to whomever our member of Congress is to support these things when Bernie gets elected. So that was all a tangent, and that was all triggered by a Facebook group. It's um, started by Charlie Ryan and hosted by Charlie and three others. Uh, it's called Bernie Sanders Enough is Enough Rally. 100,000 RSVPs needed. So the vision for this Facebook group is to get over 100,000 people to say, yes, I will participate in a rally for Bernie Sanders in Washington, D.C. And this has been ongoing for some time now. I don't know exactly when it got launched. A very tentative date for this event is October the 17th. And it's very tentative because even though currently 112,000 people have said yes, they will participate, and another 13,000 have said they're interested in participating, the, the Sanders campaign is not behind this yet. And now that there are over 100,000 people that say they're committed and they want to, they want to go and they want to be at a rally for Bernie in Washington. Now, Charlie is having some ongoing discussions with the campaign to find people who can manage such a such an event 
and find the right time where the campaign will support and take part and and actually have this rally. So this is some this is one of the things that we can do on our own. And not all of these things will will come to fruition. It remains to be seen if this will, if the campaign can work with this and, and take this on as one of its activities and hopefully it will be able to do so. But everything we do at the very least this effort has gotten over 100,000 people interested and over 100,000 people responding and saying, yes, we care so much about this campaign that we will come to Washington and we will participate. So at the very least, it's got people seeing and understanding the numbers of people that are out there that want to support this campaign. And one of those people that want to support this campaign is Cornell West. And I had published to that magazine I spoke of earlier on Flipboard um, a interview that happened a month or so ago um, of Cornell West. I don't recall who the interviewer was in that interview. Um, but they did talk about Bernie at, at that point in time. And Cornell West expressed his general support for Bernie in that interview, but had not endorsed uh, Bernie Sanders at that point. But Cornell West did come out um, a week or so ago and endorsed Bernie Sanders for president. And this particular story on that endorsement is from CNN. Civil rights activist and philosopher Cornel West on Monday endorsed Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders for president. Quote, I endorse brother Bernie Sanders because he is a long distance runner with integrity in the struggle for justice for over 50 years. West tweeted late Monday night. West went on to say that it's time for Sanders, quote, prophetic voice to be heard across our crisis ridden country. While West had been a has been a longtime supporter of Sanders. The endorsement comes weeks after Black Lives Matter activists disrupted a Sanders event in Seattle, taking the podium from the self-proclaimed socialist who is seeking the Democratic Party's presidential nomination. Leave it to CNN to phrase things in such a way. In any event, West has frequently linked arms with Black Lives Matter activists and has been arrested with them during various protests. Quote, we will push him with integrity towards a more comprehensive vision of freedom for all, West tweeted. And in that, back in that interview I watched as well, um, West was particularly cautious of endorsing Bernie at that point in time because he wanted to hear Bernie speak more about uh, people of color and Black Lives Matter and the racism that is still rampant in our country today. And if you're not sure if, if that's still going on, um, go onto Twitter. And I know Twitter's not a great barometer, kind of sometimes devolves into uh, YouTube comment territory. Um, but if you go on Twitter and take a look at the hashtag Black Lives Matter and just read a bunch of those uh, tweets that include that hashtag, and you can kind of see the anger and hatred that's still uh, boiling in the country. Um, but but at that point of the interview that I saw previously, um, Cornell West was hesitant um, to endorse at that point in time, both for uh, Bernie's stance on racism in the country and Bernie's stance on Palestine and the Palestinians. Um, a, a very large number of people of color in the United States signed a letter. I want to say it was around a thousand, um, but that's from my faulty memory, um, supporting Palestine and the Palestinians and their fight for freedom from Israeli occupation. Uh, Bernie has been at best 
um, very moderate on the Israel-Palestine situation, um, not uh, very forcefully and perhaps not even moderately um, condemning Israel for their attacks on the Palestinians. Um, he does support a two-state solution. So it's, it's much more of a moderate message from Sanders, and, and that concerns some people on the left. And I, I wish Sanders uh, was more strong on um, self-determination for, for Palestine and Palestinians myself. And, you know, as, as just a sidebar, while Bernie Sanders is probably the best candidate in my lifetime that aligns with what I believe, what I believe in, what I believe the government should be doing, there are some issues where, where I differ with him. And I think that's going to, I, I don't think that's a surprise. I think they, those are few. And I think those are, as uh, Cornell West puts it, um, we will push him with integrity towards a more comprehensive vision of freedom for all. So it's an area where I think that Bernie, um, his heart is there. And I think that he can be influenced to take a stronger stand on some of those issues that he that haven't been his dominant part of his campaign to this point or issues where he has been more moderate in the past. All right, on to Bernie Sanders' recent visit to, I believe this was in Minnesota, to the Democratic National Committee Convention. This story from Huffington Post by Samantha Lachman. In his first ever speech before the Democratic National Committee on Friday, Senator Bernie Sanders criticized the party's approach to elections, saying Democrats wouldn't win in 2016 if they failed to generate enthusiasm and resorted instead to, quote, politics as usual. Let me be very clear, said Sanders, who is running for the Democratic presidential nomination and caucuses with, caucuses with Democrats in the Senate. In my view, Democrats will not retain the White House, will not regain the Senate, will not gain the House, and will not be successful in dozens of governors' races unless we run a campaign which generates excitement and momentum and which produces a huge voter turnout. Sanders made the comments at the DNC's summer meeting in Minneapolis, Minnesota, standing just steps from party officials like DNC Chair Debbie Wasserman Schultz. He suggested that his campaign was a model for the kind of revolution that Democrats had needed during the 2014 midterm elections, in which Republicans won nearly all close gubernatorial and congressional races and took control over a number of state legislatures. Quote, the Republicans did not win the midterm election in November. The Democrats lost that election because voter turnout was abysmally low and millions of working people, minorities, and young people gave up on politics as usual, and stayed home. With all due respect, and I do not mean to insult anyone here, that will not happen with politics as usual. The same old, same old will not be successful. Sanders' criticism of the Democratic Party was a departure from the themes he emphasizes in his typical stump speech on the campaign trail. He said that Democrats need, quote, a movement which takes on the economic and political establishment, not one which is part of it. However, the end of the speech was more true to form, transitioning into a list of the issues that his unprecedented grassroots movement would focus on. Wall Street, campaign finance, immigration, economic and educational inequality, climate change and mass incarceration. And also coming out of that uh, event, the Democratic platform was amended, and one of the some of a lot of those amendments were along the lines of what Bernie is 
looking for and fighting for in his campaign, including a $15 minimum wage, which um, was a suggestion that came during that event. And that uh, official platform was modified to include that during the event. So even though I know and understand that Bernie's going to go on to be the nominee and become the next president, I'm looking forward to it. Many in the press um, still are very skeptical and they are writing stories um, that are along the lines of even if Bernie, you know, goes no further, he has made an impact on this campaign. And uh, to that extent, they are 100% correct. But their hypothetical is where they miss the mark. This next story from OccupyDemocrats.com. And it's actually a video, and I will let it speak for itself. And the title is, Watch in 1997, Bernie Sanders Warned Us About the Rich Buying Our Democracy. We continue to see a a national disgrace in terms of how the political parties and politicians raise money for uh, their campaigns. Uh, Clearly, there is something wrong when corporate America and big money interests are able to contribute hundreds of thousands of dollars to political parties significant amounts of money to candidates. And the result of that, I think, is you end up having a Congress which, by and large, ends up working uh, for the wealthy and big money rather than for the needs of the middle class and working families. Uh, My own view is that uh, the disgrace and the scandals involved in campaign uh, uh, fundraising are one of the reasons that fewer and fewer people are voting. Uh, You know, when when Mr. Gingrich and his friends took power in 94, all of 38% of the people voted. In this last presidential election, we had 49% of the people voted. So I think unless we get a handle on campaign finance reform and we say that big money cannot continue to buy elections, uh, that we move toward a system with public funding and which provides incentives to uh, candidates to go out and get small contributions, uh, that unless we do that, people will become more and more discouraged and alienated from the political process. Comment on this? And that was Bernie Sanders speaking in 1997 about the message that he continues speaking about today um, and the political party, the political parties and how they raise money for their campaigns and how that is a big problem for the future and the health of democracy. It points to the incredible consistency that Bernie's message has, uh, the, you know, the message that he is carrying forward today is the same message that he has been fighting for throughout his political career. And this past week was a anniversary of the Hurricane Katrina disaster, which was both a natural and man-made disaster and Bernie had uh, posted this article on his um, website his BernieSanders.com website on that anniversary and this is by Adolph Reed Jr., Michael Francis and Steve Striffler The 10th anniversary of the devastation of New Orleans in the aftermath of Hurricane Katrina has been an occasion for reflection on that horrific event and the state of the city's recovery. Much of that commemoration, especially locally, has centered on the theme of resilience. This is understandable. In many ways, the city has recovered and many people have sacrificed much to make that recovery happen. In a city so dependent economically on tourism, it is important to stress that New Orleans remains a desirable destination. It also makes sense that local officials and New Orleanians generally would want to celebrate and pat themselves on the back a bit about how far the city has come since the terrible days, months, and for many people, years after August 29, 2005. 
And as part of that event, as on a side note, um, President Clinton gave the keynote speech. And I don't think that was uh, entirely coincidental with Hillary now running for president. I think that Bill Clinton giving the keynote speech at this major event, um, you know, provides more support for Hillary's campaign. Back to the story. But the celebration can gloss important facts about the nature of the disaster and the limited nature of the recovery. And these are facts that, despite having come together in an especially powerful, tragic, and criminal way in New Orleans, are rooted in much more general conditions in American political and economic life. Like cities across the country, New Orleans has been controlled by powerful interests and ideologies that have slashed public services and investment while ensuring that local, state, and federal governments serve profits over people. The consequences of these so-called reforms have been devastating. Cities have become home to unprecedented inequality. The affluent acquire ever greater wealth through tax breaks, subsidies, and political access, while enjoying high-end restaurants, a lively entertainment scene, and upscaling neighborhoods. What in New Orleans is often referred to as, quote, the recovery. Meanwhile, most Americans, and certainly most New Orleanians, are unable to find jobs with decent wages, benefits, and security at the same time as the shrinking public sector limits their ability to access affordable housing, health care, 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 and education. It is precisely this rapidly growing inequality, or what Bernie Sanders has referred to as, quote, the great moral issue of our time that his campaign for president seeks to address. It is a message and commitment that should resonate in southern Louisiana. New Orleans now has the second worst income inequality of any major city in the country. And this article goes on. It's a moderately moderate length article. Um, definitely recommend that you check it out on Bernie Sanders page at berniesanders.com. So another uh, issue that was brought up at the DNC event in Minnesota was the debate schedule. The DNC is in charge of debates for the Democratic Party for the presidential race for the presidential uh, nomination um, race. And they have determined that there will be only six official debates. This wouldn't necessarily be a problem. They determined in the last race the number of debates. I think there were more than six. I think there were about ten but the last go-around, they did not forbid candidates from participating in any other debates sponsored by other groups, and there were many of them. This time around, the DNC has said there will be six debates that we will control, and any candidate that participates in any other debate that is not amongst our six will be banned from our debates. So they have really put the, uh, put the kibosh on candidates getting together in other forums and speaking publicly as a group in a debate, in a debate type format. I think that this, there's, there's two big negatives to this. One is that the Republicans will have significantly more debates, at least 10, I believe, debates. And they've already had one, so they're starting much earlier. So at this point in the race, until the Democrats have their first debate, it's really all the major network primetime debate slots 
are going to feature Republicans. And that's what the country is going to see until the Democrats have their first debate. So I think that's one issue is the Republicans have a lot more opportunities to either talk up their own positions or talk down the Democrats' positions um, without the Democrats having a lot of opportunities to speak speak on their own behalf in an in a organized debate format about what they believe in and what they stand for and what they'll do for the country. So I think that's one issue with a limited number of debates. Um, the second issue is significantly limiting the number of debate, debates definitely favors anyone who is seen as the inevitable, quote-unquote, inevitable candidate. The person who has the most support going in, the most name recognition, um, you know, the, the most support from the party going in has a major advantage if there are few debates because the candidates that are less well-known don't have name recognition who just need to get their ideas out to the people in order to gain support have very few opportunities in this format to do so. Of course, they have opportunities on their own to, to sponsor their own events. And Bernie Sanders has been doing phenomenally well in attracting large crowds to his own events. But he still is is not very well known in many, many places in the country. Um, there are, I think nationally, they're still in the neighborhood of 30%, 20 to 30% of the people who don't know enough about Bernie Sanders to have an opinion. And it's still very early in the race, and, and it will come time for, you know, there's time for people to learn more between now and, and you know, next and now in this coming winter, you know, next year, um, when the actual caucuses and primaries begin. But the earlier people get to know about Bernie Sanders, and I think we have seen the more that people get to know about Bernie Sanders, the more support Bernie Sanders gets. Um, I think one of the, the big issues with, or, or I'll say here's my third big issue with the debate schedule sponsored by the DNC. There is one state that if you want to vote in the Democratic primary, for Bernie Sanders or somebody else, you need to register as a Democrat in this state by October 9th, 2015. This is just over a month from now as I record this. If you don't register as a Democrat by that date, you cannot vote in the Democratic primary, and meaning you cannot vote for Bernie Sanders or whomever else you support. So... I think that the Democratic National Committee, and I don't think this is a, uh, I don't think this is an accident. Um, Hillary Clinton was a senator from New York. Hillary Clinton has a, a tremendous amount of support in New York. The fewer new people that become Democrats and are able to vote in the Democratic primary, I think the fewer challengers, the fewer votes for somebody else. That Hillary will face. Bernie Sanders it has attracted a lot of new people back either to the Democratic Party to start with, young people who have never voted before, people who have never voted Democrat before, and people who have voted in the past but had not voted for some time. That includes me. There have not been a significant number of candidates that I felt worthy of my support over the years. And I promised myself when I turned 18, I would never hold my nose and vote and vote for someone who is good enough. Um, I needed to vote for someone I believed in. Uh, so that means I have very seldom ever voted for anyone that the Democrats or Republicans have nominated as their presidential candidate. I have written in. Others, I have voted third party on occasion, and other times I have just stayed home and focused on other things and not voted. 
Bernie turned that around for me, for, for sure. If he was not in this race, there is not another major party candidate in this race that I believe in what they stand for to the extent that I would make the effort to vote. And not only does Bernie deliver that for me, but not only will I make the effort to vote, I made sure because I moved to New Jersey uh, just a couple years ago, have not voted until this point, but made sure that to register to vote as a Democrat um, so I can vote in the Democratic primary for Bernie Sanders. So it's really, really important if you support Bernie Sanders or if you support any other Democrat and you haven't registered before or if you've not registered as a Democrat before, learn what the deadline is in your state. Good news is most deadlines are after January 1st of 2016. I don't believe, and don't quote me, like I said, find out what the rules and law law is in your state for the deadline to register. The only one that I'm aware of that is so early is the one in New York. And I, I think that timing is deliberately set to reduce the number of people who learn about a candidate and want to change their party affiliation to be able to vote in that primary. Um, I, I think it's kind of shameful that there are so many of these rules that impact voter turnout, impact the ability of people to vote for the candidate that they want. Um, you know, it's, it's shameful. But bottom line, my message right now is if you live in New York, if you plan to vote in New York in the primaries, make sure that you are properly registered in the party of your choice. And to be honest, the Republicans may have set a completely different date. So I will say specifically for the Democratic Party, make sure you are registered as a Democrat by October 9, 2015, or you will not be allowed to vote in the Democratic primary in New York next year. Okay, a story from Yahoo News by Mary Alice Parks. Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders said today he does not know whether new poll numbers putting him within seven percentage points of Hillary Clinton in Iowa mean her campaign for the Democratic presidential nomination is in trouble. But his campaign is, quote, doing great. You know, it's not just in Iowa. It's in New Hampshire. It's all across this country, he said on this week. I think people are responding to our message. In the Des Moines Register poll released Saturday, an overwhelming percentage of Sanders supporters, 96%, said they support him and his ideas, while just 2% said they were supporting him out of opposition to Clinton. Quote, they want a candidate who is not dependent on super PACs, a candidate who is prepared to take on and overturn this disastrous Citizens United Supreme Court decision, Sanders said. And I think this is huge. I think this is a huge rebuff to a lot of what the media writes and how the media writes about Sanders and his support and his supporters. They very, very frequently claim that Sanders supporters, his, you know, 15,000 in Seattle, his 28,000 in Portland, his 27,500 in L.A., he did a swing through South Carolina where he had five stops and, you know, spoke to 10,000 people in South Carolina over that weekend in those five stops. Um, you know, all of this, all of these big crowds, all of this uh, support and um, really strong excitement for Sanders and his campaign, so many in the commercial media have said, oh yeah, most of this or a large part of this or a big, big piece of this support is anti-Hillary. People don't like Hillary. And I, I think that's, that's not overwhelmingly the case. And clearly by this poll, it's not. I think a lot of people don't like Hillary. And the vast majority of those people are Republicans. Um, you know, a good chunk of those people might be independents. 
a small number of those people are Democrats. Um, I identify as an independent. Personally, I'm not a fan of Hillary. I think her policies are too corporate for me. I think that she supports a lot of things that I don't. And Sanders opposes those things. Uh, a lot of things Sanders supports, she doesn't necessarily support. Um, I'm one of the few that won't follow Sanders if, in fact, Hillary becomes the nominee. And Sanders has said again and again and again, and the media also continues to uh, put out other information here as well. That he will not run. A, he will not run a third-party campaign. He will not run independent. If he does not get the Democratic nomination, he will 100% support Hillary. Well, maybe I say I say 100%. He will support Hillary, Hillary's candidacy and support Hillary winning the presidency because he will do whatever it takes to not get a Republican president in there. I understand that. Like I said earlier. I I won't hold my nose and vote. I won't vote for someone because they're not the evil people on the other side of the spectrum. Um, if they're not someone that I I can't fully support, so in in any event, um, this poll really shows loudly and clearly that Sanders support is by far support for Sanders and support for Sanders' message and not anti-anyone else. It is pro-Bernie, and I think that is why Bernie, you know, stirs up such excitement, why a lot of first-time voters are are looking at Bernie and a lot of young people are looking at Bernie as the, the right one, as the candidate with the right message and the candidate with the right policies to be our next president. And one more story. Let's see. Does this one cover? Yeah, this one covers the Iowa poll as well. Uh, this story is from NPR.org by Domenico Montanaro. When a wispy haired septuagenarian senator from Vermont with Larry David's style and a lifelong passion for talking about income inequality decided to run for president, not many took him seriously. That's especially true considering that Senator Bernie Sanders was going up against the New York Yankees of Democratic politics, the Clintons. But now Sanders is gaining in the polls, including in the gold standard poll in Iowa, out Saturday night. The Iowa poll, paid for by Des Moines Register and conducted by the reputable J. Ann Selzer, showed Sanders just seven points behind Hillary Clinton, who leads 37 to 30 percent among likely Democratic caucus goers. Quote, this feels like 2008 all over again, Selzer told the Register. Wow, 2008 all over again? That's when a heavily favored Clinton stumbled and lost to Barack Obama. Then a young senator whose middle name Hussein was the same as a dictator the U.S. had just overthrown and whose last name rhymed with America's public enemy number one. Oh, and he was black, trying to win not only a primary in a lily-white state, but to become the president of the United States. Selzer's parallels? Sanders, like Obama, is winning people who say they are going to caucus for the first time, and young voters. Plus, his support appears to be strong. His backers say they actually like him. They're not motivated by an anti-Clinton vote. It is a result that would have been considered unfathomable seven months ago. Back in January, Clinton led Sanders in the Iowa poll, 56 to 5%. And in this poll and in the New Hampshire poll, Sanders' support is, I think in the Iowa poll, Sanders was leading by a significant margin, I want to say 23 points, among people 45 and younger. And in the New Hampshire poll, where he leads overall, he was leading in every age group under 65. 
So I think that it shows his widespread support. It shows his support from the youth, and it really shows that his momentum hasn't stalled. Um, and if the if it keeps going this way, he will be able to win a large number of caucuses and primaries, and hopefully, will be able to gain the support of a large number of. Uh, the Democratic elite who now are lined up very, very solidly behind Clinton. Another uh, step forward for Sanders. This was in njtoday.net, subtitled New Jersey's oldest weekly newspaper. Sanders wins South Carolina AFL-CIO endorsement. South Carolina is the third state, I believe, to hold a uh, presidential primary. Well, second actual primary. I believe Iowa, uh, Iowa, then New Hampshire, then South Carolina, then Nevada, I believe, are the first four um, competitions in the Democratic caucuses and primaries. So South Carolina is a big, big, important state. Um, And let's see who, if I can see who wrote this. Uh, It just says by Admin25. The South Carolina AFL-CIO Executive Board passed a resolution supporting U.S. Senator Bernie Sanders' candidacy for the Democratic Party presidential nomination and recommending his endorsement by the state and national labor organization. Quote, we call on the AFL-CIO union members and working people everywhere to unite behind Bernie Sanders and elect the president America's workers desperately need, the resolution said. The resolution, quote, strongly urges the national AFL-CIO to endorse Sanders. Aaron McGee, president of the South Carolina AFL-CIO, said the executive board member who recommended Sanders said, quote, Nobody in a very long time has stood up for working people and labor like Bernie Sanders has. So a significant endorsement from labor for Bernie Sanders in South Carolina. So when Bernie gets elected to president, as he has said on the campaign trail many times, Um, He will not be able to enact his his campaign promises and his platform if he is left to do it alone. He said no one can, not him, not Hillary, not Martin O'Malley, not anybody as president can enact the policies that they stand for when they run if they are trying to go it alone. So this article from crooksandliars.com by Heather. Senator Bernie Sanders was asked about his the latest poll numbers in Iowa showing him closing to within seven points of Hillary Clinton and to give specifics on what specific policy differences there are between himself and the former Secretary of State. And Sanders, you know, answered that question. And the follow-up question was, when asked by Tapper how he planned to get his agenda passed, given the obstructionist Congress that he'd he'd be likely to deal with, he basically responded that a president cannot do this on their own and that he take his case to the people. And this is Sanders' response. I will tell you how. I have a lot of, a lot of respect for Barack Obama. He is a friend of mine. The biggest mistake I believe that he made, and I disagree with him on a number of policy issues, but his biggest political mistake is, after his brilliant 2008 political campaign, when he rallied millions of people to stand up and fight back, basically what he said after he was elected, well, I will take it from here. I will negotiate with Boehner and Mitch McConnell and the Republicans. Two points. First of all, these guys never had any intention of seriously negotiating. I think the president has caught on to that. But second of all, the powers that be in Washington, Wall Street, the huge campaign donors, 
The Koch brothers are so powerful that the only way we bring about real change in this country, which represents the needs of the middle class and working families, is when millions of people stand up and say enough is enough, and they are organized. And that is what I'm talking about when I speak about a political revolution. No president, not Bernie Sanders or anybody else, can do it unless millions of people say, you know what, this country belongs to all of us, our government must represent all of us, and not just a handful of billionaires. It can't be done with the belt, within the beltway itself. We need a mass movement, and that's what we are trying to create and are succeeding in creating right now. So that will wrap up this episode of Bernie 2016. As we wrap up, we are going to hear that song that I mentioned up front called We're Backing Bernie Sanders by Burning Man, which you can check out on YouTube. Remember, that's B-E-R-N-I-N-G-M-A-N. And Bernie 2016 is an independent podcast established to follow and comment on Bernie Sanders' candidacy. You can find out more on at bernie.2016.com. You can send me a message at bernieus2016 at gmail.com. Or you could follow me on Twitter at bernieus2016. Thanks for listening. I'm back at Bernie Sanders. Because Bernie's got something I've never seen. I'm back at Bernie Sanders. Now I need a Bernie button. I need a Bernie sign. I gotta give some money. To give some time, the Bernie tide is rising and it isn't gonna turn. I'm feeling the burn. And everywhere Bernie goes, he's raising our roof. I'm back in Bernie Sanders. He gets the people going because he tells them the truth. I'm back in Bernie Sanders. Give me a registration form. I'm voting Democrat. I'll give my vote to Bernie because Bernie's where it's at. The other candidates will hate it when they learn with me. Back in Bernie Sanders. Bam, 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 bam. We're back in Bernie Sanders.